Welcome to the Braemar Life Skills Academy podcast. The world is changing faster than ever, and the world of education is too. Advances in psychology, biology, and a whole range of other fields have opened up new lines of thought about the purpose of school and how it can best serve a new generation of students. Join me on the Braemar Life Skills Academy podcast every week to explore these new ideas. In our last episode, I spoke with my colleague James Olson about his strategies for personal development and how they inform programming at Braemar. Very happy to be joined today by another two of our wonderful students here at Braemar, uh, Ms. Matilda Vieira, Mr. Amir Musavenijad. Uh, I am, of course, your host, Mike Helsby, Director of Student Experience here at Braemar, and excited to, to be joined by you today talking again about the transitions and the differences and similarities between our various cultures. Before I jump into any of that, though, I'm going to give these two wonderful people a chance to introduce themselves to you. Matilda, tell the people who you are and, and maybe how you arrived uh, here at the podcast studio today. Okay, so first of all, I lost my bus, so that's not a good start. <laughs> but, well, first of all, I'm Matilde. I, I come from Portugal. I've been in Bremer for one term and I'm leaving in two days, so it's a pleasure to be here and have a one last experience with Braemar. Um, yeah, that's pretty much. What about you? <laughs> so, first thing first, my company name is Sayed Amin Mohammad Musavinejad. I'm sure most of you, at least, you have seen me for once. And I've been here since last January, January 2021. And I've been really active in school. <laughs> like, I became part of school. Uh, I've been doing my best to be in a school, be active, help as much as I could. And there's still <laughs> Mr. Hollisby helped me out a lot to for my life in a school life. So I've had a great experience here. Like because I'm telling you, it's been a year and a half I've been in this school and it became like my home. It's <laughs> amazing. It doesn't feel like it's been a year and a half. I feel like it it's gone much quicker than that. We've been we've been so busy and we've been doing so much and the world has been changing. Yeah, so can fast. you imagine? It's amazing. During the pandemic, yeah. there was no student, different student from different countries, which was pretty like insane, you know, seeing different people with yeah. different cultures and everyone has a special, special personality. Mm. And I had to deal with them. So it was a pretty good experience for me. Yeah. And by the way, I'm turning 19. I'm, I'm 18 and I'm about to be 19. Just a shout out to anyone who's interested <laughs> in that little, little notion. Yeah. Uh, Amir says that he's been uh, quite active in school. And uh, that's an understatement. And in fact, I think it would be an understatement for the both of you. Uh, we've got you both on. As Matilda said, one, we really wanted to make sure we got a chance to talk to you and, and explore your background and especially your take on activity and athletics and play because that's how we've gotten to know each other as you say you are going away in two days so we made sure that we got this one done uh, but the the thing that unites the three of us is that we have gotten to know each other over this this what feels like a very short amount of time mostly through sport and of course Amir you've also been very very active as one of our student leaders here in school but both of you have done just a wonderful job of involving yourself, right? being really intentional about jumping into the, the programs that we offer and then bringing others along with you. Mm -hmm. Amir, you go out of your way on an almost daily basis to introduce yourself to new students and to ask them what they need, what they need to be as involved as you are. Uh, Matilda, you've done the same and, and have brought along with you your social group, uh, young people who I don't think would have been as involved in the school mm -hmm. were it not for your example. So that's, that's all I'm going to say about that. That's why we've got these, these two wonderful young people here with us today. The subject of our conversation is going to be uh, how sport, competition, play, and physical activity uh, work in our lives right, on a number of different fronts, how they unite us socially, how they give us uh, an identity, how they help us to express our culture, um, and in some cases, how they really complicate our, our lives and, and uh, bring bring a lot of vitality to us. Um, so with that said, beginning with you, Matilda, can you talk to us a little bit about your background mm -hmm. growing up, uh, I believe, born and raised in Portugal, yeah. um, and especially when and how sport and play became such an important part of your life? Well, I've always been surrounded by sports since 
basically since I was I started walking, I went right into swimming because that's usually what parents do in Portugal. They put their your kids right into swimming because we live next to the ocean and it's always like that reality that like you have to know how to swim to survive mm -hmm. basically. Um, and then from then on, I just like my parents always gave me the liberty to choose which sport I wanted to play. So I've gone like from one to another. And so that way I've always been surrounded by sport and from a lot of different sports, which was really good since Portugal focuses like a lot on soccer. I feel like especially uh, boys soccer, like so it was like I think it was a good experience for me to experience soccer as well as other sports that are not as famous in my country. Mm. I'm glad you brought up the the distinction in the way that uh, genders are treated when it comes to sports. Yeah. We are going to come back to that um, because, Matilda, I think you have a very unique perspective on it given mm -hmm. how you've participated in athletics at Braemar. Amir, same question, background. When did uh, sports start for you and, and maybe even uh, life in general? What was it like growing up and, and then transitioning here to Braemar? So let us let me talk about myself first. Mm. Uh, I grew up in a really crowd family and it really affected on my life. Like, if you can see, I'm pretty sociable. I like to talk with people, different people, and I don't really mind who they are. I would really find out what's inside them. What do they have to talk? So that's, it's really about my family because it's the way how I grew up, how I raised up. And in my culture, first, I'm telling you, first is soccer, then it's wrestling mm. because they really love it. But unfortunately, my parents, they don't like it at all. So me as a kid, I started playing soccer in the street with my neighbors, with my friends. But my father didn't like it mm. because he said, you need to do a sport to give you a discipline. I'm not saying anything to the soccer player, <laughs> but my father didn't like me. So I don't know for what reason he didn't let me play professionally soccer. And, you know, all the kids all the world, in all around the world, they like to play soccer in everywhere because I guess it's the most famous sport in the world. And everybody would like to do it. Uh, fortunately, or unfortunately, my father didn't let me play. Hmm. But I've been good at it. But uh, I became a fat boy, really a fat boy. <laughs> I was not doing special sport. I was doing swimming pool for two years. Just, you know, I was learning as a normal sorry, normal teenager. I was learning, not professionally. Until 13, uh, one day I went to my friend's house to spend the time together. He showed me UFC game. I was like, wow, I like it. I will like. He showed you a, a UFC video game or a, a, the competition? UFC video game. Gotcha. You know, it's like out of the world. But I said, wow, why are you fighting in Octagon? It's really enjoyable. And starting to researching about that. And I found out it's illegal in my country. It was illegal back in a time. But these days it, it's illegal. It became illegal and they are working. So I, I don't know. It's, I, I haven't researched. I guess it's still illegal MMA in my country. Uh, I'm Iranian, if I didn't mention. I'm Iranian. I'm from Iran. So yeah, uh, it was illegal back in a time. So I decided to do kickboxing, which was the most closest uh, sport to the MMA. So I started at 14, but before that, I was a really fat boy. Mm. It was just studying, sleeping, nothing at all. Wow. And I found myself, okay, it's pretty enjoyable for me. I can smash, I can get a smash, but it was really hard for me to stay on that way. Uh, I was doing kickboxing for three years. I reached to my brown belt, but I didn't get a chance to get my black belt in kickboxing because COVID showed up and we went to the huge pandemic. We have never seen before that, like none of us. We, we didn't have experience how to deal with COVID. And you know, we had only, we had to stay at home, nothing else. Save the world by staying at home. Yeah. That's all. Like, like so many other parts of our lives, I think COVID uh, really taught us how much we need and how much we miss sport and exercise and you exactly totally i i've heard the expression covid body uh used following this two-year period and of course we are still in the pandemic and and we, we hope we are moving out of it um, we continue to stay vigilant but the covid body is the body that you walk out of your apartment after two years of staying inside 
how you look, right? And it, what a remarkable difference, not just in the way you look, which is, is superficial, but in the way that you feel, the way that you think, the way that you socialize. It was all affected. And so much of that has to do with just an absence of daily activity. And it made us realize like how much we took everything for granted mm. before COVID hit. Big time. Good call. So there's there's lots that unifies all of us, uh, all of our backgrounds. I, I think I've, I've talked to both of you a little bit about uh, growing up with sports myself. Yep. Um, growing up in Canada, I think as opposed to the vast majority of the world, soccer was not yeah. the, the number one item on the menu. Football. Football, pardon me, world football. Football. Yeah, you kick the ball with your foot. <laughs> football, simple. Uh, but it was, of course, hockey here was the big peer pressure sport, and I didn't get into that. Um, kind of like Matilda, originally you went into swimming first, and then we're kind of exploring things outside of football. Uh, but you have become, at least in my uh, experience, you've become quite a, f a football player as well. As a background, Matilda was the first and in some cases the only young lady that we had uh, playing uh, football with us each week. Um, we go to a wonderful uh, indoor stadium nearby throughout the winter and we play weekly matches. Amir is our screaming banshee on defense and Matilda <laughs> is our uh, flying right winger going up the sidelines, setting people up with, with beautiful crosses. Uh, there's so much that I want to talk about here. I'm not quite sure where to jump in. But maybe I could just ask you, Matilda, first, what's been your experience of sport and exercise at Braemar? What have you been able to do? What do you wish you were able to do? And what have you gained through these experiences? So I went on the calendar online. And when I saw that there was like a soccer team, I was like, yes, I want to join. So when I came here, it wasn't like what I expected it would be because I, I relate to high school sports to like those professional teams but I was happy that it was like more freestyle uh, because it gave me the liberty to like kind of just have fun while doing it instead of like getting that pressure of you have to do good. Um, it was hard at first to um, get involved because I was the only girl between like 25 boys yeah. but I, I liked it. I, I went more for like because I love playing soccer so it was kind of like a freedom after like a full day of classes mm -hmm. it was just a way to get my mind off everything and even though it was only I tried to like show what I'm capable of to the <laughs> to the boys and you did there was <laughs> there were some hard tackles out there sorry to interrupt but it was really strange for us because we didn't used to play with the girls mm. and she was the first one who came to play with us because I've been here more than she's been so uh, yeah, it, it was really strange and you know mostly we were guys we were playing together even in the beach when in summer we used to go we used to play soccer or volleyball but only was guys like only guys mm -hmm. yeah and i imagine it was also like a different a difficult like adaptation for you like not only for me but like for the guys to like first i was asking what is she doing here i was asking Mel, she wants to play yeah, she changed to play. I was like, wow, yeah. Arvin Canada. <laughs> well, we might as well uh, address it now. It, it's it's a, an ongoing question, I think, in sport and one that's becoming more and more talked about. Traditionally, we do often separate uh, females and males, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, uh, into different teams. When I was growing up playing on different uh, city league teams and high school teams and all of that, it was always uh, the boys' varsity team and the girls' varsity team. And I was actually really surprised um, when I was teaching in England in the beginning of my career. This isn't the case everywhere, but in England, they, they don't just separate the individual sports by girls and boys. They actually have specific sports for girls and specific sports for boys growing up. That is too much. Yeah, I, th I think so too. But just for example, the, um, the boys would play basketball. The girls would play what they call netball which is a slightly different game. Uh, what is it? The, the girls would play field hockey, whereas the boys would play rugby. And these were thought of as, as distinctly gendered sports. I think sitting here, and, and Amir, you've said that's, that's a bit much. I agree. And it, like, we, for example, my, my two younger sisters are both excellent basketball players. And if they'd grown up in England, they would have been quite upset not to have been able to express themselves in that way. 
So just because it, it, it came up, Matilda, how, how has it felt coming here or even previously in life, uh, being a young lady, a talented athlete, someone who really gets a lot of benefits from exercise. You're in the weight room with us a couple times a week. You're on the soccer pitch. How has it felt being a, a young woman in a arena of life that is somewhat traditionally dominated by, uh, by men? Um, I only felt that towards soccer because, um, so I've played basketball in Portugal for six years. So, and basketball was always like girls and boys. Mm. So I never had that, but soccer more for like family pressure. I feel like I wanted to join like a professional, um, team. Um, and my parents, like I was small, I was like eight. Um, and I, they didn't want me to go first because I would get muscular like boys. And like the muscular, you know, and second, it was like um, a rude environment, like a lot of swearing. Mm. And I always related, like from then on, I always related boys with like big and like harsh and rude. And that's not how it should be, I guess. And like that was what that was what didn't let me go to to play soccer for the rest of my life was because of the prejudiced thoughts, I guess, towards like the other gender. In a way. That's well said. Yeah, we, we might call those stereotypes. Yeah, stereotypes. Yeah. May I interrupt you? Of course. Uh, it shouldn't be any, any limits for boys and girls in any sport these days because you're living in 21st century, especially in Canada, first sport country. It shouldn't be all these things like when I see you girls, first I shocked because I told you we didn't used to play with the girls. But I was happy. I said, okay, now girls are participating and we should respect them because they are not hard as us, but they are playing with us. So we should respect them as well. No, because you know, we are saying it's soccer. We should be tough. Yeah. Yeah. But no, these are women, especially in my own sport. Uh, sometimes I roll with the women. Mm -hmm. Like roll means like, like grappling together. To clarify, this is in jujitsu. It's correct? about my jujitsu. Yeah. I mean... Maybe she is a higher belt, but I'm stronger physically. I mean, I can move her easily, but it like it makes her don't train anymore with the males. Mm. So, you know, sometimes it, it, we should respect them as well from our side. I'm talking from the male side, you know, just to uh, clear these things and let us play together, everybody, like boys and girls, because... Uh, we need to be together like it's human nature you know yeah. sometimes uh talk with the opposite gender it's it shouldn't be any 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 limits for that girls shouldn't play that why and not and i also think the other way around like uh there's a lot of stereotypes about boys going like being ballerinas for example or dancers mm. that there's also like that thing where people judge where when a boy is a dancer, for example, which I also don't think is right. There is no limit for human. There is no limit. There is no limit because it's a sport, you know, it's about human ability. Yeah. It's not about gender. Absolutely. When you have no idea how, how pleasing it is as an educator and as someone who grew up with sports exactly. and with athletic sisters to hear young people talking the way that you're talking right now because this is the attitude that we want to impart. You've talked already a little bit about what sport brings you. Amir, you were just mentioning how we are together, right? And this, this sport teaches us how to be together, exactly. how to socialize, how to respect one another. Matilda, you mentioned earlier coming out of a day, a hard day at school and feeling this sense of freedom, this sense of release and being able to adopt a different mode, maybe shut off this one part of your brain and turn on another part. Let me make it a bigger question. Sport seems to be a part of just about every culture, every, every people's group, whether it's Iran, Portugal, Canada, present day, past. Sport has always been a part of human culture. What does sport give us? What does it do for us? So first makes you fresh and keep your brain fresh. People feel sport makes you exhausted, but because they're just lazy. And this is an excuse. They don't like to do it. But do you think it's laziness as much as it's maybe just they haven't experienced that sensation of, of that freshness you talk about? They've been lazy. That's why they haven't tried. I'm still saying it's about laziness. 
But when you work out, your brain start to being refreshed and your heart start pumping a fresh, fresh blood. Then that's why you can feel happy. Everybody must work out. Like if you have heard what Joe Rogan said, if you can walk to the fridge, okay, it means you can work out. Hmm. You can walk. Yeah. And if you work out, your brain can work better. If you're studying, if you're working, whatever you do in your life, you need to work out because that's what I'm saying. It makes you fresh because I tried both life, doing nothing and doing seven days of the week sport. I like the second way, hmm. training every single day. Yeah, It works better for me, but people asking how you can do it. So how you can live with that yeah. without not working out. But if your brain is fresh, you can do whatever you want. What a lesson to, to learn as a young person. As you say, there's this assumption that working out, right? Lifting weights, exercising, working hard is going to exhaust you. People worry, oh, if I, if I exercise in the morning, I'm not going to have the energy to do whatever I need to do today. But the, the secret, the, the open secret of all athletes is that you come out of your exercise feeling more energetic, right? It gives to you rather than takes away from you. Um, I always thought, like, I always told myself that sport is therapy. Mm. Like, sport, like, every time, for example, I leave school with a headache, um, my dad, for example, tells me, don't go to your basketball practice then. But, like, that's the only thing I want to do. <laughs> but I, I, I'm not going to study, for example, because I can't physically, like, concentrate. But basketball will actually take my headache away because I will be focusing on something else. I will not be looking at computers and books 24-7. And I will actually, like, clean my brain, clean, you know. I think it's... And I get, like, happy every time I finish, like, a practice because I feel like that I've achieved something else. Can I add something to Matilda's talk? Of course. Uh, you know, you had a really bad day. You had a fight with your teacher. I mean, you have a lot of negative things, negative emotions on your body. But gym, let's say any sport, any working out, it's the vehicle that can take all the negative things from out of your body. Then that's why you feel good, you know? Okay, you had an eight hour school, exams, arguing with teacher, with people, and then you hit the gym, you take a shower, you feel good. You can restart and back mm -hmm. to life. That's what can keep you in the right way, can keep you in the, the way you want to be. Like, that's why I'm saying keep you fresh. Mm. Your brain that. works better. Yeah, and there's amazing that there are so many sports because like some people feel that with some sports but don't feel that with others. Maybe people are some people are so unmotivated because for example they don't like going to the gym but that's fine like i i didn't like going to the gym until last year i didn't like i felt like it was too monotonal i liked being with other people playing a team sport and then since covid hit i started um working out at home because i couldn't go anywhere else so i started liking it but you just have to find i feel the sport that you like doing the most and then stay with it and yeah it's your own talent yeah. to do what you want to do. Like, yeah. you, I cannot force you to play volleyball mm -hmm. or waterproof, waterproof, <laughs> water polo, sorry. Mm -hmm. So, but anybody has their own like, so you can go on your own side. I cannot force you to do jiu-jitsu. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you like, you can try, but it's not your job. But you, everybody, I'm telling everybody must work out just to be alive and healthy. When you say work out, you mean... Be physically active. Be physically active. Walking, running, waiting the lifting the weights, whatever. Yeah, biking it, to school. It's better than the sitting. Dancing in your room. Yeah, better yeah. than sitting. I'm telling you, I tried both life, but I was feeling really sad and useless. Because uh, you should try your body to see how powerful you are. Yeah. But in the beginning, it's really painful. It's really painful. I'm not saying it's hard. It's easy. No, I'm saying it's hard. But you have to stay. Like, it shouldn't be that easy. If it was easy, everyone could do it. <laughs> it's well said. But, you know, they have to tolerate it, like, at least three weeks. Because yeah. it takes body to adopt. But after three weeks, you're going to enjoy it. Yeah. First, you will pain in your muscle. So, uh, but it become good. Just it need a patience. It becomes a pain that you look forward to. 
right? And exactly. You, it becomes it's, a totally even, it's different... enjoyable pain. That's right. And it's a different kind of pain than, yeah. than getting punched or, or breaking your arm or something, right? Actually, those are enjoyable too. Oh, okay. I lost my nose, my ankle, the, the mixed martial artist. It's uh, cool, What you guys are, it seems to me, talking about is the forming of identity and how sport helps to give us a sense of who we are. It gives us self-esteem, as you say, when, when you put a good day in playing sports or, or in, the, in the gym or in the weight room, you feel as though you've accomplished something. And in some ways, it's, it's a way that those of us who, who are lucky enough to play as much sports as we do get a daily win. Right? We get that daily boost in our identity and our sense of ourself. And for me, growing up, um, I didn't go with the, the cultural push. Right? I'm, I'm, a, I'm a tall guy. I'm a fairly big guy. I was asked many, many times growing up to play hockey. Canada is a hockey country, as you may have known. Maple. For me, I, I grew up across the street from, from a really, really nice family. They were good family friends of ours, and they had their oldest uh, child was this guy, Craig. And he was about eight years older than me, and I really looked up to him. Like when I was five, six years old, I thought he was the coolest guy in the world. And he used to go out on his driveway, and I'd, I'd see him from, from my window across the road, and he'd be what we called shooting hoops, right? He'd be just playing basketball by himself. And one day I got brave enough to go over and ask him, like, can you teach me to play? And he was, this is how nice this guy was. Imagine being 13 and having like some little seven or eight year old come up and say, can you teach me how to play basketball? No. Exactly. Right? No. Get out of here, kid. No, he said, he said yes. And he spent a few afternoons that week just teaching me the basics. And then I'm lucky enough to, to have a dad and a mom who really care about sports too. And my dad put a basketball net on, on my driveway. And from that moment on, I had an identity, right? I had a sense of control over my life. I woke up excited for the day because I was going to do something that I loved that day. Eventually, when I was in school, I had an automatic entry into certain friend groups or social circles with other people who played sports and especially who played basketball. And throughout my life, basketball gave me a sense of self, a sense of safety, a sense of belonging, purpose, achievement, uh, challenge, right? It showed me my limits. Uh, it got me in, in, into university, right? It gave me some financial help. It allowed me to explore parts of the world that I wouldn't have seen when I go for, for tournament stuff. It gave me everything, right? Can I ask you a question? Go ahead. Uh, do you believe the people you are talking and you're spending time with them can affect on you? I'm asking both of you. Can you elaborate? What do you mean? Like, for example, uh, it's about community. The community you have communication with them can affect on you or not? In terms of sports? In terms of anything. Um, I think it depends on you. Like if you want to be someone out of the box and do something that no one else does. Uh-huh. Or like just follow the wave. I, I think it's on you. I don't think it's like a general thing. Uh, actually, uh, it, it really affects on you because the community, you are living with them or he asked about sport. So that team, your basketball team, but for me, I'm an individual player. So mm-hmm. my teammate becoming like my family member, like my friends. So we have some phrase there, like the vibe around there can affect us. So it's about that community. That community can make my personality how I'm walking, how I'm treating. So it's back to that question. But I ask, the community can affect on you or not. So have you heard the phrase nature versus nurture? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think See, that's, that guy affected on you. Yeah. If he said no, you could say, mama, mama, mama. The guy rejected me or maybe you yeah. would never done it in your life. That's but right. He, he helped you. So he affected on you somehow. Oh, yeah. I don't think that there's any argument that the people we grow up with, the places we grow up in, the sort of assumptions about what is normal, about how to dress, what music to listen to, what food to eat, right? how to travel, how to interact with people of the opposite sex, etc. All of these things are our environment or our, our nurture yeah. in the nature versus nurture uh, equation. And we have genetics, we have epigenetics, there's, there's chance and fate and all the different things that influence who we are and what we become. But Amir, you're, you're 100% right. The people we grow up with and the people we play sports with have a huge effect on so our yeah, identity. Sport can identify you. Sorry to interrupt. Can I uh, identify you, who really you are, mm-hmm. what you are doing in your life? Because, and actually, the sport can, uh, sport and education 
really effective on your discipline. Yeah. Remember I said why my father didn't let me play soccer? He was talking about discipline. And I was a kid, I didn't understand. Why does he mean like, I want to be a soccer player like everybody else? Yeah. But nobody can make it because, you know, everybody likes to do the soccer. But when they see it's okay, really hard, they can't do it. But soccer didn't have discipline for me. I'm still saying I don't have any problem with soccer player. But I'm, my point is just about discipline. Sport can give you discipline to how to be because uh, it gives you a lot of confidence first. Yeah. Let me make this question a, a bit more um, specific. Matilda, you talked about how your parents didn't want you doing certain exercise because they didn't want you to be big and muscular like the boys. Um, Amir, your parents didn't want you to play soccer or do wrestling, right? Uh, not wrestling. Oh, just mostly martial arts. Okay. Because uh, first, before I became fat, I was really skinny. They used to call me Chicken Amir. Really? Yeah. I was really skinny. And they, they scared maybe I get hurt and get a serious injury because I was really, really skinny. Yeah. And then I said, okay, I don't do anything because they wanted to me to be a basketball player or swim, swim, go to swimming pool as much as you can. It's like, it's not for me. Yeah. I, I, even I try just to respect my father because I really respect what, whatever they say. I say, okay, whatever they say, it's right, I do. Hmm. But I, I didn't like it. It wasn't for me. I mean, I know how to play, but it's not for me to do it professionally for the rest yeah. of my life. I can back Amir up on that one. I've played basketball with him and uh, it's not for him. At all. <laughs> not even how to shoot. So in my experience, very similarly, um, when I was growing up, I wanted to play football in high school, uh, American football, that is. It's a very violent sport. Um, lots of head injuries, lots of injuries, period. Um, there is an element of, I think, some of what you've alluded to, Matilda, some toxic masculinity. Um, but my parents, in, at the time, I would have said that they were very kind. They allowed me to play. And football gave me, I think, a few qualities that I wouldn't have had otherwise, in addition to being able to play the sport with the friends that I wanted to play with and uh, be able to learn how to do this skill. I'm going to put the, it to you this way. Imagine that you've jumped ahead a number of years, and imagine you're in a situation where you have children of your own. My, my closest sister was literally just asking me this question this past weekend. She has two boys, young boys. They're seven and nine. She's asking me, do you think that I should put them in martial arts? Hundred percent, right? I I figured you you would think that Amir, and she has pros and cons for this, right? She thinks on one hand the martial arts may encourage them to want to fight more, maybe they'll get hurt, maybe they'll learn that it's okay to to hit people. On the other hand, she thinks maybe this this sport will make them more disciplined, uh, give them a better sense of the the implications of violence, a, a greater respect for other people. Um, and a self-control, right? A, a, an ability to control their own, especially youthful male uh, energies. So imagine that you're in my sister's position, and maybe you've got a kid or maybe someone's asking you this question. When it comes to sports like, like martial arts, like football, or like anything that we sometimes are, are told by our parents not to do, do you think that the pros outweigh the cons, or are there good reasons to keep some children away from some sports. Matilda, Matilda, what do you think of that? Because I I always wanted to have the liberty to, to choose the sport I wanted to go to. I feel like in the future with my kids, I would like to give them that liberty of trying, trying the sports that they feel curious about and then deciding on one. And then if I see like along the way that it's affecting them both physically and mentally, I'll take them out, but I will not from the start um, tell them no. I, I yeah. Freedom over prejudice. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> so uh, I'm not saying from because I'm martial artist. Uh, I would do it for my own kids because first it it makes them feel free if they do some martial arts. And if I have a daughter, for sure I put her in any martial arts just to find out what she likes, because maybe she doesn't like Taekwondo, maybe she doesn't like Karate, maybe she likes Jiu-Jitsu, I hope. But she needs to protect her. It's a society. It's a one reason that I would like to keep my daughter in martial, any kind of martial arts that she likes. And another thing, they are kids. They have a lot of energy. They are hyperactive. 
they need to take these out. If they don't, they're going to explode from inside. Hmm. And we don't want to see our kid like a potato yeah. sitting in sofa and just watching movie. Just yeah. let them go and just try. And I'm telling you, there is no violence in any kind of martial arts. You are learning how to protect yourself. If you see these people in the street who are looking for trouble, they don't know how to fight. People who knows how to fight, they keep avoiding from any fight hmm. in, with anybody, except in the gym. Everything is about violence is in the gym. Outside of the gym, there is nothing. There is no violence. Because I've been living with the most wild people. But out of the training, out of the mat, they are really, really nice people. So why not? I would like to let my kids grow with these people. Even though they can find out what they like. Okay, they say, uh, okay, I don't like martial arts. I would like to do basketball. Okay, one step forward. My kid found out he doesn't like jujitsu. There we go. It's a positive step. Yeah. At, at least it's worth to try. Yeah. Not say, no, it's so wild. You know, they, they're going to be in the society. We cannot protect them for for hundred years, but they are like siblings. They can deal with each other, and there is like no violence to hit them. There is some injuries, but it is on the kids' level. Yeah, they have to feel the pain. Yeah, I think there's a a, a bigger lesson to be taken from what uh, both of you have just said. We often try to protect young people from negative forces, in the hopes that they may not have to face the consequences of those negative forces and we ignore the fact that at some point in their life for sure they but are there's going no to meet force this, this experience right and it, it, in almost all cases exposure in a controlled setting to some of these forces that we we may be worried about teaches young people how to deal with that situation teaches them the implications of that situation rather than sending them into it completely cold um, I'm thinking of even so some fairly controversial topics, but there are cultures in the world that will allow children to drink a glass of wine uh, at dinner with the parents. And there's other cultures in the world that will say alcohol is evil and we need to keep it completely away from children and not teach them anything about it, not even mention it to them. And in this case and in many other cases, I wonder which of those two children is going to be better prepared to make good decisions about alcohol or about anything once in their young adult life, right? Like you are someone, Amir, who if you were ever to be in a situation where violence was on the table, right, a dangerous situation, say you're out at night, you are better prepared to make a good decision in that scenario than the majority of young men that I grew up with, right? Who may have seen an MMA fight on TV and think, oh, it's cool, I'm going to do that as well. You know the real consequences <laughs> of that move, right? Matilda, you know how to carry yourself as a physical person. You have developed muscle in the weight room. I see you, right? You are capable of going out on a field with 25 young guys and holding your own and making great passes and making great tackles and getting all those benefits you've talked about, right? As opposed to perhaps some other young people who may have been taught, oh, this sport is not for you or this setting is not for you. And then come the time when you have to interact as a young woman, perhaps with a group of young men, if you don't have those experiences already on the soccer field, I don't know that you are as ready to make good decisions. How yeah. do you feel about that? Yeah, and I also think, I, I agree. And like, you know the phrase where like, you want the prohibited fruit, you want, you know? And like, forbidden fruit. Forbidden yeah. fruit, yeah. <laughs> um, when you want something and you can't have it, you want it more, right? So people that, I didn't, play professional soccer but then I ended up always playing with my brother and like my brother's friends and I played in school I ended up playing so it wasn't like forbidden people who are completely um, taken away from what they want they end up wanting it more and then it may end up being worse because they're not prepared for it um, so I think giving the liberty to do it or to try it at least is like the best thing has athletics made it easier for you to be here in Toronto? Has it made it easier to come to make that transition between Portuguese culture and Toronto culture? Uh, yeah, because I think it's like a way 
to meet new people outside from school and outside from the academic because once you meet people in school the small talk is like oh which classes do you have oh and it's kind of leave these winters oh my god <laughs> previous winter winter was terrible just an example of toronto small talk sorry yeah. go on and then sports open up more things to talk about and you might uh, bond with people that are more like you because school everyone has to do it sports um, depending on which sport you're going to only the people that are that want to do it are doing it so you end up meeting with a bubble of people that do the things that you like to do so you have more things in common like my closest friendships come from my basketball team that i was with for six years because we're all doing what we like and not like as a thing you have to do yeah that's been exactly my experience as well and with basketball i think there's something to be said for working towards a shared purpose yeah. as well when you're all on the same team and boy when you win a game or when you win a tournament or a championship There's nothing like that feeling of celebrating with 12 <laughs> to 15 other people your age who you've worked every day for the last several months towards this thing for. It's it's very unique. Yeah. In, it's the in our best moment in your life. Yes. Imagine for my last competition, I told you I was off with three kilogram and I, I had to run to lose three kilogram in less than two hours. Hmm. And all my teammates, you know, we are individual players, but I have my teammate, I have my friends. I said they became my, like my family members. And the moment when they told me Amirio made it was the best moment of my life. Imagine hugging 15 people in raw and everybody are happy, like pure happiness. That moment is was the best moment in my life I have ever had. It was great. So sport can give you a lot of great emotions. Yeah. But one of the best feelings, let, let me tell you, one of the best feelings that you're ever going to have. Right, that it's rare in life to have a such a clear shared goal with like-minded people exactly. and feel that absolute support. Those people, as you said, who are as happy for you as they would be for themselves. Yeah. Right, it's wonderful. You're helping each other, actually. Yeah. Maybe sometimes you don't really think you're useful in your training, but you're helping your teammate, and instead of yourself, you know, it's just not only about yourself. It's about the team. It's about that group, that majority of people who are training together. That what can make you socialize, like sociable 100. person for all your life. Yeah, 100%. So we've mentioned at least somewhere between five and 10 different distinct benefits that we get from these different forms of exercise. We've talked about freedom. We've talked about identity. We've talked about cultural expression, overcoming challenge, and now feeling this, this group mutual support. Put yourself in the shoes of a young person who's just about to make their transition to Braemar. They're just about to come to Toronto, but they're not perhaps as athletic as the two of you are. They don't have the same experience. What would you tell somebody a little bit younger than you who maybe wants to get into a, a physically active life or needs to, what's your advice for that person as they make their way to Toronto? Um, do it for the environment first. I even say that uh, when it's about watching sports, for example. Sometimes going to like a stadium is not really to watch the actual game, is to be like in the whole ambience. Uh, so I'd say like, first of all, focus on the environment and being with other people and meeting new people. And then the second focus is the sport. But like the first thing, if you're not into sports, is to bond with other people, like an Very outside nice. thing yeah, outside of school. Some, some people are not going to the Olympics. Right? Some people yeah. are not going to play in the NBA or in, in UEFA. So put your priorities where they should be. Yeah. Put it into the environment. Wonderful. Can I talk about a long story? Like it's not. It's We love long stories here. Give okay. us an anecdote. Uh, so first, uh, when I came here, uh, I came in last January, January 2021, and I was coming to school around month, two months and a half. Uh, I started working from January 16th, I guess, until April 5th. That was the last day, and they said it's pandemic again. We should go to lockdown. I was like, what is lockdown mean? What does it mean? I just came to Canada. I haven't seen anything. And they said, you must be in lockdown for two weeks at least. Remember last year? And they said, okay, it's going to be until September. 
September 7th. That's the date. I'm really specific. You can check on the date because these are the like changed my life. Imagine from April 5th till September 7th, I was just home eating bad foods, even eating junk food at all. Junk food, no good food, nothing. My health was pretty, pretty terrible. But after September 7th, we back to school and I started with the school activity. I started to say, okay, I have these abilities. Why should I be like that? When I have this opportunity to develop myself, why not? And if you remember, you helped me a lot. I'm actually telling you, you saved my life. I really appreciate it. You saved my life. I started my own sport, what I really liked, that I didn't have the opportunity to do it in my own country. I started here and I started feeling better. When you, as long as you're living alone, the most important thing is your mind, your mentality. If your mentality is dead, you're dead too. Mm. Maybe you're physically alive, but your mentality is dead. So I'm telling you, still, sport can keep you fresh. And if you are fresh, you can hit whatever you want. Human on a limitless. So yeah, uh, and those people who want to come here, they are not going to struggle the things that we have done because hopefully COVID is over. Let's say, yeah, God forbid, we won't be in the lockdown again. But even if it's not, that advice could not be more important for people who are going to come here. Maybe there is another pan, you know, a quarantine period coming. Maybe we will need to go into lockdown For again. another illness. And if I could emphasize anything for this, any student who listens to this, any parent who listens to this, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, whatever your living situation is, you need to find a way to incorporate physical activity into your life, at least 20 to 30 minutes per day. You don't have to lift hundreds of pounds. You don't have to sprint super fast. You don't have to score all the baskets or all the goals. But physical activity is the thing that is going to keep you balanced and allow you, as you say, allow you a freshness and an openness to all the other experiences in your in your life, whether it's your job or your, your pursuits in education in the classroom or the relationships, right? The, from a scientific perspective, what exercise does is it helps to clear the hormone cortisol, which is the stimulus for adrenaline uh, in our bodies. As you may know, if you've ever felt adrenaline, it's a, a very exciting sensation, but it's a very high stress sensation. And if you are walking around in your day-to-day life, if you're sitting in a classroom or sitting in an office with a bunch of cortisol, which is naturally produced from the time you wake up, rolling around in your body, you're going to be in a higher stress um, situation. And we know when we're stressed, we don't learn. We don't empathize. We're just stressed out. We're not not creative. Exactly. We can't focus. We won't remember. All things that we need when we're in our job or in our classroom or in a relationship. 20 minutes of exercise early in the morning is one of, if not the best way to guarantee that you put yourself in a position to participate in those settings to the to the optimal level, to the utmost that you're capable of. It gives you access to your creativity, access to empathy and patience with others, access to focus and memory. For sure it does. You can see how powerful you are and you're not useless. Yeah. You know, just to conclude your, um, your talks and Matilda talks, uh, it's like an advice. It's like a piece of advice for the people who wants to come. Be sociable. Be sociable. 90% of us, we are guests here. We are like tourists. By end of four years, five years, we're going to leave this city. As Matilda, she's going to leave soon, sadly. Mm-hmm. But sociable. Be sociable. In sport, Yeah. Sp- sport is like a community that you can be outside of school. School, let's say school is a box. You can make friend outside of the box. Who cares? Why not? You know, we are human. I have tongue, you have tongue. Let's talk. Yeah. Sport sport and activity teaches us uh, self-esteem, teaches us bravery, teaches us to reach out, right? To take chances, to accept challenges, and even to accept failure in some cases. It's a wonderful lesson. Um, we're getting towards the end here, but I, I am 
uh, curious and and uh, excited for for what comes next for both of you. Amir, you're well on your way to graduation and, and bigger things in the future. You're also on your way to uh, more and more competition in your your growing expertise in next MMA. Week. Uh, Matilda, you're on your way back back home to Portugal just in time for for the beautiful spring and summer. Yeah. Before we uh, leave today, Matilda, tell me what you're looking forward to this summer and in the future. How are you going to carry your Braemar experience into your future life? Um, well, I'm excited now that I have friends all over the world that I can visit. <laughs> I think that's like the most exciting part is that you end up like Braemar. Uh, it's different from other like public Canadian schools because you actually meet like people not only from Canada but like from countries all over the world, which I think it's like really good and really like fascinating. That's right. So when when I want to travel to Portugal, you're going to be getting an email. Yeah. Yeah, and you're going to give me all the best places to go, right? Bring me to Mike. <laughs> sure, sure. Amir and I are going to knock on your door someday. Yeah. <laughs> go on. Yeah, I think that's the best thing that Bremer gave me is like people that I have. Especially, like, I was able to meet not only people from, like, South America, but, like, Middle East and, like, Europe. And Middle East and Europe is, like, the closest. And what I love about Europe and meeting people from Europe is that we can get to each other so fast, like a 30-euro flight, and we're, I'm in Germany, for example. So it's, like, a really cool thing to meet people outside of Europe and then be able to meet with them again there. A little different in Canada. Yeah. Not, not so easy to multicultural go from one place really to another. Yeah, yeah, incredibly multicultural. So you, you've you've broadened your horizons. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So. Amir. Uh, actually, my plan for summer. I don't have a specific plan. I'm gonna stay here because, as I said, uh, uh, I've been here for a year and a half, and especially this school, this city became like my home. I mean, I'm pretty obsessed with this city. And especially this school gave me life because I was living alone. I, I, I've been living alone, but that period in pandemic and all that stuff, it's really hard for 17 years old kid who left the family and being at home was really tough. Let's be honest, it was really tough days. Yeah. But school gave me life, so I still owe them. But I'll still I'll still in this city to get university degrees and for my plan for summer just I'm gonna train I'll do a lot of competition as much as I can but Toronto summer is fantastic but it's really warm yeah oh we're dying for remember last summer summer? how enjoyable was it we're gonna have to get a few more days on the beach playing volleyball and bocce ball and getting out in the water yeah Um, if you invited me I can come of course. I'll of course. be graduated this term, you, but... You're going to be supervising. Thank you. Yeah. I'm you're, part of this school. I need a job, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're, I mean, uh, no pun intended. We're going to keep the ball rolling at, at Braemar. We're going to miss the people who move on, but we're always proud. And it's just more people that we know around the world. And, and Yeah, by the way, it was, was really good experience for me. Yeah. It was really exper- good experience for me because when I found myself alone, I came here with nobody. Hmm. No. And I said, okay, why I shouldn't talk with them? They are student, I'm student. You have tongue, I have tongue. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Like, uh, there is no limit. Yeah. But some people, they don't want to talk. <laughs> That's another problem. But I did my best to talk with everybody. Yeah. I mean, like not... And and from my perspective, the student culture here at Braemar has grown closer, has grown more intimate as a result of, of those efforts when you came here by yourself and you decided that you were going to reach out, you were going to take chances, and you were going to show students that, that they were not the only ones feeling the way that they were feeling. I've seen it on the basketball court, on, on the soccer pitch. I don't know if you remember at the start of the year when we first went in the weight room, it was maybe four of us? Was I there? Four, four or five of us, I think, if you remember. There, Lucas and, and Jacob and and yourself and and maybe Emmanuel, but it was a small group. Ah, for I was basketball. In, I was in last night and there were uh, about 25 students in the weight room, right? On a Wednesday, these are teenagers, right? The, these aren't people who have a coach or a parent saying you have to be here at a certain time to work hard. These are people who've realized what the two of you have realized, which is that this activity brings something special into my life. And that it's not like a, an obligation. Kind yeah. of like it's freedom. It shouldn't be any any force from parents. I mean, sometimes we need them to force us, but 
if they make it force, like it's gonna be really disgusting and it makes us hate that sport or whatever it is because it happened to me. My parents, they were not like, they are really supportive, but still they don't like me to do this sport because they call it so wild and mm. it can hurt me because they are worried about it. But meanwhile, they are really, wor- uh, they are supportive. They are supporting me as well. My mom said, don't do it. I said, good luck in your training. Good luck in your competition. See, I mean, yeah. it's so not like that. But yeah, if they if they forced me to do some swimming pool and basketball, but I didn't like it. I left it. So I'm saying, if force the kids to do something, they're going to leave it because they don't like to do it. And force is like, yeah. I don't like it at all. Human, born, free. They must be free to choose their own way, whatever it is. And I just wanted to add one more thing. I feel like people, when they get older, they stop kind of stop doing sports because they think, oh, I'm not fit enough or I have more responsibilities, whatever. Um, and I think that like time is time like expands in a way like I like um, I stopped basketball for six months and I did less thing. I was less productive when I didn't have basketball in terms of, of school things when I had because when I had, I knew I had practice at 7.30. I came from school at five. I knew I had those two hours and a half to study before going to my practice. When I didn't have basketball, I knew I could study until 11 p.m. So I didn't do anything until 10.30. And yeah. then I, procrast- I procrastinated for like three hours and then did everything in 30 minutes. And I think that like you can do whatever you want in like that amount of time. Um, the more things you do, I think the more you can do after, if that makes sense. Yes. And in terms of like not being as fit, like take as an example, my grandma, my grandma goes for three hour walks every single day. Wow. And I'm like, wow, <laughs> I cannot do that. Tell me once, what, what do you call your grandma again? <laughs> Sorry? What do you call your grandma uh, again? Baba. 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 Shout, Shout out to Baba. Baba. Three hour walks every day. Good for you. Baba? Baba. Yeah. Baba is dead in any language. Interesting. Yeah. So we got grandma is Baba in Portugal and Baba is his father. Yeah. In your experience. Yeah. Yeah. Even in English too. I call my dad Pops. Pops. Sometimes we call Papa. Papa. Yeah. Papa. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense to me. This this is neither here nor there, but uh, I do want to just emphasize the the final message that both of you said. Amir, humans are born free, and we need to be free to uh, explore. Right. This is why it works to try at least once. Yes. And this is why we offer uh, or try to offer as many different opportunities as possible. Matilda, you talked about sort of a comparison between the sport or the exercise that you choose as an expression. And we might think of uh, the different arts that people have available to them. Not everyone's a photographer, but maybe you're a painter or maybe you're a dancer, right? Not everyone is a, a weightlifter or a soccer player, but maybe you're a gardener. Maybe you love the bike ride commute to work, right? Maybe you love yoga first thing in the morning to help you wake up. All of these things give the benefits that, that we've laid out and that you two have been so, so clear and so, so articulate about. And as you just said, Matilda, they bring structure into your life. They don't take away from you. Yeah. They give more opportunity. It's like stealing time yeah. back from life. It's, you know, we're stealing uh, some, some real goodness. It's not a wasting your time. It's like investing on your future, on your mentality, on your health, you know. What a great way to put it. It's just not a like wasting your time. Say, so, yeah, I'm going to gym to waste my time. No, little boy, no, you're not wasting your time. No, just you're, you're investing, investing on your health. It makes you like feel that time is passing slower in a way. Like you get out of school at 3:45, you go to the gym, and get out of the gym at six, and you're like, it's still six. I can still do so many things. Folks, listen, I, I could literally talk about this with you till kingdom come. We could go for days and days. Because we are like-minded people, and we have similar backgrounds. We've been unified with one another through sport uh, and through our time together at Braemar. I love chatting with you. Matilda, we wish you nothing but the best in what is sure to be a very bright future. And again, look, look for that email one day, because I do want to see your beautiful yeah. home country. <laughs> me too, uh, me too. Amir, looking forward to a full summer of physical activity with you. I'll be here. Keep the ball rolling today. Any final thoughts for the, for the listeners before we sign off? Thank you so much for the invitation. Oh. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Two big ideas there. Amir, give me it. Uh, first, thanks for invitation. And thanks for you. And thanks for Matilda for participating and inviting me for this podcast. And I hope the new guys, the new student, won't experience the things that we have done. Like, 
just be sociable and be active. That's all you need in your high school life. It's just two years, just two years before podcast. I was telling, yeah, it's just 12 years of your studying. Hmm. It's not that much, but you will regret it if you don't use it and sit at home. No, you you can't enjoy it because you're in Canada, Toronto. Go and enjoy it. That's all. What did you say? You only live once. So if you think about you want to do something, just do it. Don't overthink it. Forced to try at least. To say yes to everything. I think that's like my life motto. Say yes to everything. <laughs> Unless it's like getting into a fight. So don't say yes to that. <laughs> you heard it here, folks. Uh, you only live once. So reach out. Be brave. Get active. Uh, and... Here at Braemar, that's what we're going to continue to encourage for years and years to come. Thank you so much for listening. This has been uh, Mike Helsby with Amir and Matilda signing off. We'll see you next time. Thank you so much, Mike. Bye. <laughs> Join us next time on the Braemar Life Skills Academy, where I'll be talking to three Braemar students, Nike, Lucy, and Moritz, about their experiences in the German education system, comparing them with their experience here at Braemar College.